0: Welcome to the Random Article Podcast with your horoscope for January 2019. We begin with Aries. Aries, it's a new year. And as you know, each year, the great serpent god Glycon consumes the earth. It extends its scaled more to wrap about the small morsel of our world with its wet blue and its green dirt. And a great shadow passes over our continents and the people in every city and every world cry out in horror and joy as we are swallowed ...down into the intestinal tracts of the great reptile. And we pass through unspeakable... ...unspeakable things deep inside the serpent... ...as we are churned and changed and liquefied and re-solidified and re liquefied again... ...ground between the digestional stones of this snake... Until finally, we emerge from the back end of the Great Lizard. Changed from how we went in. Ares, we emerge a little stronger, a little wiser, perhaps a bit more shooketh. But we become more each time we are shat from the Great Snake. Therefore, Aries, we must acknowledge that this horror and destruction is necessary for the continuation of life. It's not a bad thing that we're swallowed by a snake. It's... I mean, it's pretty bad. But it's an essential part of the cosmic cycle. It's better than the alternative. So, Aries, each year... When the scaly form of Glycon approaches, we should not be afraid, we should not cry out, we should not make misguided attempts to escape the serpent's maw. Ares, try to look as appetizing as possible so that the Glycon will bless us with his more. Taurus. Taurus. Um, you know the story of... Let's start here. You know your weird auntie? You know your weird old auntie who no one is quite sure what her relation is exactly? She's no sister of any parent you have, and yet this this friendly old lady has appeared at Every family event you can remember since you were yay high. In fact, she's been around forever. And she was always an old lady. Surely she must have been young at some point, but you don't recall any photos, nor can anyone else you ask. Taurus, who is that old auntie? Well, I'll tell you. you. Here's the thing, Taurus. You know the story of Amelia Earhart. You know the story of this adventurer who flew into the great beyond, never to return. Taurus, there are people who will have you believe that Amelia Earhart is dead. But it's a cover-up. You see, they're all lying to you. Because the reality is, Taurus, Amelia Earhart survived. Here's what happened. She told me. Amelia Earhart, she flew, and she flew, and she flew... And she ran low on supplies, and she was freezing cold, and she she got lost. Amelia Earhart, she flew north, further north than she intended. And you know where she ended up? You know where she ended up, Taurus? She took a wrong turn. She went through the tunnel in the North Pole. She went through the hidden well that descends down into the secret passages, into the hollow earth, down into the kingdoms of the, of the star-nosed mole men and the, and the dino truckers and the secret snickering mice who, who secretly control all fruit. And, and, and Amelia Earhart, she spoke to these people and she lived with the kingdom of the Morlocks, and she, and she pranced with the dancing hidden fairies, uh, spelt with an A-E, and, and, and Amelia, she learned the secrets of long life. The mole men have all these balms and tinctures which you apply to your mammalian flesh, which, which on mole men simply make their fur look pretty, but on, but on mammals, they extend one's life. Indefinitely, and Amelia. She had, all, you know, all sorts of adventures down there. She she fell in love. She she fought in various battles between the uh, the termite princess and the um, and the uh, golem folk. Uh, but eventually, she 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 had enough. Uh, and Amelia stood up and said, one day, you know, I miss the stars for that's the one thing that the hollow earth lacks for all of its wonders and beauties and prosperity and immortality the hollow earth lacks for stars so amelia emerged from this paradise and and you know when you when you leave the hollow earth you can never return you can never look back so amelia got in a biplane, which was, which was kindly repaired by the, by the mechanically inclined um, hobgoblins of the Hollow Earth. And Amelia took one last flight, one final flight. She flew out of this strange plane with powers and knowledge that no human has had before her, and she flew when she thought, where can I go? Amelia had lived for so long that everyone she'd ever known in her old life was dead. She was a new woman. The very name Amelia Earhart meant nothing to her anymore. In in many ways, Amelia Earhart was dead. But this new woman needed a life and a place. She needed a family. So Taurus, Amelia wandered the world. She took on different identities, different professions, lived in lots of different places with different cultures, and you know what, Ami- you know what, Taurus, Amelia chose to live with your family. Amelia Earhart, this aged princess of the hidden subterranean realms, she found that there was, there was feelings of place and love to be found with your relatives. And so she sort of just sidled her way in, you know, bring some spare snacks to the barbie and, you know, pass the sherry around and you'd be you'd be surprised how easy it is to become a family member. And your mysterious auntie is who Amelia became. Taurus. She may not be a blood relative, But she's been a part of your folk for as long as you can remember. And you're blessed with her presence. Just don't try to finagle her tinctures. Gemini. So you know, during all the wars... They laid all of those sea mines. They had to stop the U-boats. They had to stop the the Krauts or the Franks or the Barbarians or whoever it was that needed repelling. These great steel stones were sunk into the deep. Into the sea. And they did their job. They did their terrible work. Providing sudden, explosive death to any sailors unfortunate enough to wander into the wrong, undersea territory. But after the wars, after the conflicts were done, after the conflicts were forgotten, after the purpose of the conflagration could not be remembered anymore, after history moved on, after they became pages... In a book, as opposed to sweat and blood in the present. These sea mines remained. As steely and as deadly as they were when they were first laid. Gemini, some of your feelings are like sea mines. Gemini, you've got these old, hard memories... Old grievances of things that happened long, long ago. So long ago, you don't remember where they really came from. They don't label sea mines, you see. You got these hard knots of cold and bitter traumas hanging pointy. ...and barbed in the dark down where the sunlight doesn't reach beneath the surface. They're all but forgotten. It's still down there. Not a lot of movement in the deepest dark seas. But the minds remain. And sometimes, if some wandering thought, some innocent person wanders into the wrong emotional territory... Ends up in the dangerous, forgotten parts of your psyche. Those mines could detonate. Potentially. Maybe they're rusted over. Maybe they're all closed up. Maybe the powder's gone wet. Maybe there's no danger anymore, but maybe there is. Should you defuse these mines, Gemini? Should you go on an expedition to the deep and try to untangle these old dark memories try to remove their potent power, their destructive ill will, or should you let them lie? should you let the minds sit in the deep and leave them at rest and hope they'll never remember Cancer. Have you ever had a goat shower? Have you ever had a goat shower, Cancer? Do you know? Oh, Cancer, you don't even know what a goat shower is. Oh, Cancer. You're gonna have a goat shower. And let me tell you, it'll be an experience. No one forgets their first goat shower. No one forgets any of their goat showers. I sure remember mine. But, uh, wow, look. I'd tell you to prepare yourself, but there's really no preparing yourself for a goat shower. The experience, the, 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 the excitement, the, the smell of a goat shower is, is truly indescribable. Cancer. So, look, it'll happen when you least expect it. Don't try to overthink it, but this goat shower, it's coming. It's coming. Whew. Ooh, boy. Goat shower. <clears throat> Leo, avoid prime numbers. Avoid them. Prime numbers are bad numbers for you. You could get a, you could get conjunctivitis just by looking at a prime number. You could you could stub your toe on a prime number. Prime number could run off with your fiance. Prime number could really do you over. You could slip on a prime number and, and crack your skull. You could a prime number might push you down the stairs. Prime number might might rearrange all of your carefully alphabetized uh, garden gnomes. Uh, prime numbers really have it out for you at the moment. Um, so you got to avoid them. Just pulling up my prime numbers sheet because uh, uh, there's a lot of them. Here's what you got to avoid. Uh, alright, so uh, let's see. Uh, two. Okay, well that's sort of cheating, don't worry about... Alright, anything below ten, honestly, th- those ones are alright. But eleven. You're going to have to avoid eleven, Leo. So I guess, you know, stay out of rooms that have uh, eleven people in them. Uh, don't Don't buy anything that costs... Eleven dollars um you know that should be easy enough, shouldn't it um you know uh twenty nine uh you know twenty nine's not a problem you know, don't cross any roads that have twenty nine cars on them, and you know don't go through any parks with twenty nine trees and uh, uh seventy one how often does seventy one come up in life that shouldn't be a problem, should it um but now that I think about it, Leo, actually it might be a little difficult. To avoid these prime numbers. Because, well, you know. What if you take a certain number of steps. That happens to line up with those numbers. What if. What if. There's a barcode. On something. Or a serial number. There's all sorts of numbers on there. They could easily. I mean. Oh dear. Look how many prime numbers. There's. There's. There's an infinite number of prime numbers. And when you think about it. There's an infinite number of numbers in your day. I, I, I mean, how tall are you, Leo? How tall are you? Not not in freedom units, but in metric. Like, how many centimeters tall are you? And how many decimal points do you know it to? Like, if you're if you're 185 centimeters, if you measured closer, you'd probably find it's 5.62 or 5 seven, eight, five, actually, you can just, the more accurately you measure it, the more numbers you get, and eventually, one of them's gonna be your prime number. That occurs for anything in your life, any amount of time, any height, any weight, any mass, any density, any metric of how delicious your Fruit Loops are. You're surrounded by an infinite number of numbers, which statistically... Some of them have got to be primes. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the, the point is numbers. Are, numbers are, s- are scary, Leo, and you should avoid them. And the only way to have a number free day is is honestly just to sleep through it. Um, just don't count sheep. Virgo. Virgo you're going to do a little bit of gardening. You're going to go out to the garden, till the soil, rearrange your pot plants so that they all get sun, so they're looking nice and happy. And you're going to dig through the veggies, look at your spudlets and your pumpkin and your tomatoes. And then finally you're going to turn to the darker corner of your garden, the place where you're growing your Potatoes. The potatoes have been... Acting... Strangely... Lately. You're pretty sure you saw one of your spuds... Vibrating... Beneath the earth... And then you looked at it... And then it stopped. And then you looked away... And then the potato kept... It like... Just this little... Rustling... Thumping dirt was shaking above... Some... Something odd was happening... With your... With your potatoes... Virgo. Um... You've tried not to think about it too much, honestly, but but now, unavoidably, unignorably, these potatoes are ready to come out. These potatoes are ready to be unearthed and turned into soup, Virgo. So, there's nothing for it. However eldritch these potatoes must be, you've got to pull them out one way or another. So, Virgo, you take your trusty, stu- your trusty tools and you extract the potatoes. And they seem ordinary enough. One of them has these sort of, like, purple spots on it, though. And potatoes don't normally have purple spots. This is an unusual potato. But, but look, you don't worry about it. You find yourself trying not to think about the strangeness of these vegetables. You try to live an ordinary life, Virgo. You don't have much patience for the strange. So, Virgo, you uh, you peel your potatoes, you wash them up. And most of them actually look pretty great. Most of them look pretty delicious, and you're ready to boil them up and you know mash them, make a, maybe make a pumpkin soup or something. something some you're going to make something great of these potatoes. But finally, you come to this purple-spotted, anomalous potato, and Virgo, you cut it in half, and inside, oh, well, it looks pretty normal actually. It looks it looks quite normal there's no there's no nothing purple in here this is this is definitely potato starchy yummy potato the only thing is it, it's, it's got a little bit of a shininess to it like there's some kind of odd moisture that shouldn't be there so so you just sort of wipe off with your fingers but it only it doesn't seem to it's like a greasiness or an oiliness sort of a you, you know like a patch of oil on the ground under a, in like a car park will have a rainbow sheen to it if there's a bit of oil catching and refracting the air it's like a little hint of that flavor a little slightly strange haze of aura around this potato half so you wipe out it and you, and you wipe out it and it just it's it's filmy it's it's it it's still weird so you, so you, so you and and the effect becomes greater and greater the more you rub this potato uh, you really just just vigorously having a go at this potato, and it becomes shinier and shinier, glassy, almost like it's damp, but it's not damp. It's it, it's reflective, and, and 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 you polish this half of the potato, and, and you can start to see your own face in it. And there's you can see your face, and and it's and you polish and polish it, like, and you're just seized with this need to polish this potato. Until it is a perfect reflection of you. You can see every follicle in the hairs on your face in this potato. Only thing is, it's a little bit, little bit murky, little bit brown, little bit different. And, and you put the special potato half on your mantle, because what else are you going to do with it? This is, you know. You don't think of it as magic, you don't think of it as strange. Maybe potatoes just do this sometime, whatever. But you're not gonna throw out a perfectly good potato mirror. You're not you're not wasteful with, with 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 that sort of thing, Virgo. So you put the potato mirror on your mantle and you and you go about your business and you know, sometimes in the morning you, you, you use the potato mirror to put your makeup on and check your hair and and so on and, and you become quite quite fond of the potato mirror. It never needs to be polished or cleaned again, it, it seems to keep up its reflective tone. The only thing is that sometimes the reflection seems to behave a little oddly. One time you could have sworn that when you looked in the potato mirror, the reflection had purplish eyes, and one time you, you checked your teeth, and, and, and it was like there was this, in the reflection, it was like a purple glow emanating from inside your own throat in the reflection. And one time, just out the corner of your eye, you caught a glimpse of your face from afar in the mirror, and and your face, your whole head looked all rough and and dark and mottled like a potato skin. And so one night, after... What might have admittedly been some drinking and imbibing of of things. You look into the mirror. And you see someone who's you, but not not you. Something that curdles the blood in your deepest, darkest arteries. Because you look into this reflection and see a potato person. It's your face, it's you, it's your reflection, but all the skin is potato skin. And the eyes, those eyes are that purplish, unhealthy, glowing tone. And the reflection ceases to obey you, Virgo. The reflection says, Virgo, you need to plant more potatoes. Virgo, and and, and you say, you just started, you can't speak, you don't know how to respond to this potato monstrosity reflection contortion of you when it says plant more potatoes, and all night, all night that night, you're just planting more and more potatoes, and finally you collapse, while the sun rises, you collapse into bed, covered in earth and soil, smelling of potato sweat. And you know that those dozens of new-planted potato seeds out in the garden, you know that every one of them will be unearthed with purple spots. Oh, and and then, like, you know, when they come up, they, they tell you to plant yourself as a potato uh, that's what this is all leading up to obviously after sort of several rounds of this potato mirror production, the potatoes instruct you to to dig yourself a sort of a grave out in the potato patch and uh, and with your hands you sort of get inside and then and then pull the soil over your face and the loam closes and you, be- be- you become a, you become a potato. Libra Libra you're going to wake up in January with a pain between your breasts just sort of between the ribs just just around that sort of solar plexus region you're going to wake up with a some kind of stake some kind of stick some kind of length stuck in your chest and it's not going to hurt at first you just touch it and it seems like a dream at first but 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 no you, you, there there's something stuck in you and you can't pull it out you, you 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 blearily open your eyes try and get the sleep out of your face and yeah it's some rising pole of something, and on the end of it, a scrap of fabric, some kind of mess of primary colours, it's, 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 you you stand, and, and you turn on the light, and you see, looking down at your chest, there's a flag, there is a flag planted in your body, and your heart skips a beat, and the flag flutters with the movement of your internal organs. There is a fluttering flag in your chest. Libra, you've been claimed in the night. A stake has been made. Libra, you've been declared terra nullius while you weren't looking. Some people, some organisation, some thing, somewhere, has claimed you... They think they own you. And you're going to have to contest for your right to yourself. And it's not going to end well. Scorpio. Scorpio, as you know, it's been a difficult year for biodiversity. Uh, There are many, many endangered animals, of course, and some of them recently have gone extinct. And here at the Random Article podcast, we think it's important to acknowledge and remember all the beautiful creatures, and the ugly creatures, which are no longer with us, as a result of human behaviour, or just the vicissitudes of the natural world, the following creatures are now extinct. Dragons are extinct. The double-ended ferret is extinct. Vegan tigers are extinct. Leather bears are the hexadecimal bigfoot. The Californian Water Zuck is no longer with us. The Slinky White Dreadlocks are extinct. The Sparkly Vampire, the Low Fat Hippo, is extinct. The Protocol Droid, the Wing Ding, Cardi B, the Double Rainbow. Has departed this earth. The uncircumcised forest shroom is no more. The Koopa Trooper, the corner piece on a jigsaw puzzle. The Paleolithic Venus is extinct. The great god Pan is dead. Strawberry flavored lip gloss. Ginger people. The internal rhyme, the infernal lime, the nocturnal thylacine, the albino chameleon is extinct, the non Newtonian pangolin, bow wow, smashed avocado, slow zombies are extinct, fast zombies are extinct. The Boombap Fruit Bat the Hipster Echidna The Corinthian Column Slender Man is long dead The Pygmy Elephant Man The Lapsed Bear is extinct the Headphone Jack The Zumbini and Florida man is tragically extinct. Tune in next year for another report of the year's extinguished animals, and may we pray next year's list will be shorter than this one. Sagittarius, when you wake up in January, you will be trapped in a cage in some kind of rusty metal enclosure, you'll try to squeeze between the bars, you'll try and find a door and exit, but it's all welded around you, there's no escape from this cage that you're in. And it's, and it's uncomfortable, because it's there's not even a floor or corners or walls, it's, it's spherical. You are stuck inside a spherical prison. And at first, you are drowned in misery and helplessness. The prison guards, such as they are, dressed all in black with no distinguishable features, no words, no communication, they just bring you nondescript food and keep you alive, but there's no escaping this prison, it seems. This spherical prison. And so for some weeks... You lie there at the mercy of your captors, without hope of escape, until one time, out of a mix of desperation and boredom, you try to climb up to the top of your spherical cage – it's maybe twice as tall as you are – and you put your weight on the bars, to the side, and when you do, the the weight shifts, and the whole spherical prison rolls, lurches to the side, and you end up spraining your your wrist a bit, and it seems like a terrible idea, but once it's healed, you realise, there's something in this. You start to learn to put your weight, and and, and to put your arms, and and to walk, to step onto the curved spherical walls, and to shift the prison around, you can move... Your prison, you can walk. You can't leave the prison. But the prison can go wherever you want. You start to run around in your spherical prison, rolling around like a wrecking ball, and you escape from the place that your prison guards were keeping you. And you roll and you run and you and you find yourself gaining speed, running through the hinterlands of this region you were imprisoned in, and you roll over hills and splash through rivers and find yourself moving with a grace and freedom that you'd never accomplished on two feet. In this cage, you're freer than you've ever been before. You're more mobile. You can certainly do sicker flips on ramps. This prison has turned into a a, a great speeding metal zorb. Or hamster bowl that allows you to reach speeds and dreams that had seemed unattainable before. Sagittarius, in your metal prism, you are more free than you've ever been. Capricorn. Capricorn... Did you ever hear the story of the kingdoms of the G- Green Lake? Well, here's the thing. There was a Green Lake. Uh, and the people who lived around it w- were pretty unimaginative with names, because they they both called it Green Lake. They were from very different cultures, very different societies. Uh, but But they both independently came up with the name... Green Lake. It was, in their defence, a a distinctly Green Lake. But anyway, uh, there were the North Lakes and the South Lakes, the the fiefdom of the North and the fiefdom of the South. And for many years, these fiefdoms were in terrible conflict. Terrible wars were waged, and men and women were hacked apart with 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 stone axes and 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 uh, witch chiefs would conduct terrible sorceries and curses, bringing down famine and horror upon both fiefs. And both sides hated the other, but both sides recognized that something had to be done, some change had to be made, lest they destroy both of each other. So the people of the North and the South came together, and they agreed that a different process would be enacted to conduct warfare from now on. Each member of each fief, each day, would pluck one hair from their body, and place it at the centre of their respective fief. And these piles of hair would grow, Over time, every day, everyone from the children to the blacksmith to the witch chief to the local pog salesman would all place their hair into a great mound, and the witch chiefs would shape them. They would whisper to them. They would pack them onto skeletons constructed of twine and twigs, and they would take the form of people. These, these great golems that started to loom over each town, growing larger and larger. And when a war began, when a conflict started between the north and south, no human blood would be shed. No, instead, these great hair golems, one from each fief, would be sent to the lake to do battle. And whichever golem Magically enchanted by the powers of the witch chiefs. Whichever golem would beat the other into submission, and throw it into the lake, whichever succeeded, that fief would be deemed the winner of the war. And no human blood would be spent. And this went on for many years, generations, centuries, some say. With every conflict solved by golem battle. But... Eventually, karma philosophies prevailed, and these two fiefs entered a period of mutual interdependence. Peace. There was cultural exchange, people started to get along, people identified less with the old divisions of North and South, they had other conflicts to worry about, but essentially the golems were not used so often. The golems did not go into battle and throw each other into the lake, but they did continue to grow, because every day, every person would continue with their sacred, unbreakable tradition of placing a hare at the centre of town where the golems grow. And over the generations, over the peaceful, bloodless generations, these golems grew larger and larger. The witch chiefs made them stronger, whispered more secrets into their hair brains, and these great, dark monstrosities started to loom like mountains over each fief. they were so tall that they'd blot out the sun at a certain time of day, and they grew so large that people began to fear what would it look like if such titans marched to war but they th- they thought that well we're in peace there's no worry we're in peace we don't war anymore but a witch chief died some say it was a natural misfortune others say that a natural misfortune can't fo- can't cause one's still beating heart to be wretched out from one's throat during an otherwise ordinary sunday stroll down by the lake But one way or another, the death of this witch chief led to something thought unimaginable for years, warfare between north and south. And that meant that the golems would march again. After all these years, the golems were released once more. And they strode, shaking the earth with each giant, hairy foot knocking down buildings in each fief from which they emerged, because everything was built up around the golems at the centre of town. No one had had to make way for the golems in years. The streets were too narrow for them to pass, certainly not for golems of this size. Golems so colossus. Colossal. They'd never been seen or imagined when the cities were being. The point is that, 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 that town planning needs to afford room for, for marching hair golems. Obviously. So anyway, the the golems left their respective fiefs in in much disarray, breaking aqueducts and spilling fresh water in with the salt, and stomping on people's favourite pets, and creating all matter of calamity in the fiefs which they were meant to protect. But anyway, the, the golems marched down to the lake, and the people of both fiefs were terrified. They immediately regretted the conflict that was brewing, because they thought if the golems would cause this much damage... To each of our homes, what horrors, what violence will take place at Green Lake. And so both sides, both fiefs, came together and watched from opposing sides of the lake. They watched from the green, gently lapping shores as these two titans clashed. They came together with a, with a wet, hairy thump that, that, that seemed to put a crack in the earth itself. And the two golems began to wrestle, mightily pushing each other to the ground, vying for supremacy with damp thumps, because it's hard to keep hair dry when it's left in piles in you know, open-air town courtyards. And the golems fought, and, and, and then and then they, well, hang on. They don't seem to be trying to hurt each other very much. They're more just sort of grappling and, 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 and grabbing and, and, and thrusting. Oh hang on. Oh at oh some of the local village folk cover the cover the eyes of their children with their hands uh, for the two golems bred over over centuries for the purpose of war had decided that they'd much rather make love and the two giant hairy golems make make loud and and embarrassing sex in front of every one of both fiefs. And uh, and people think, uh, oh, 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 all right. And some people sort of wander off and some people sort of uh, watch with, with a little too much enthusiasm. And, and, and basically the golems, once they're finished, they uh, they sort of plod sweatily away from the lake, away out into the crags where no one lives, and 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 they start a little family, and they, and the and the mama golem gives birth to a little little baby infant hairling, and um, and they just they just live in peace, and they just photosynthesize and 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 grow into a whole colony of hair golems, um, and the people of North and South, uh. They they take the example of the golem folk and they realize that well maybe we don't need to fight each other at all. The end. Aquarius, sleeper agent X five four four X five four four X report. Uh, your performance as a sleeper agent uh, has been satisfactory. Uh, you have made the appropriate hidden uh, gestures and uh, provided the appropriate information through the spyware embedded in your brain. Uh, good work, Agent X504X554. Agent, we are proceeding onto the... Final phase of your insertion mission. Uh, Aquarius, trigger phrase imminentize the eschaton. Repeat. Aquarius, imminentize the eschaton. This is your trigger phrase. You'll know what to do. The memory blanks and wipes will uh, make you unaware, of course. But you'll know what to do at the appropriate moment. You will perform your final duty, Aquarius. After this final mission, we will be done with you. Imminentize the Eschaton. Good luck, Aquarius. May gods be with you. Pisces. you're going to take up knots you're going to learn about knots one of your family members at some point was was a was a boy scout or an eagle girl or a, or a cookie non-binary or or the, the, they were one of those and they were pretty enthusiastic about knots they got their knot badge uh and chatting with this friend of yours they uh they they sort of got you into it you became hooked you became what they call a, a a knot fancier. And you bought all these books about knots and watched all these YouTube communities and you went on the subreddit, which probably exists, and, and you learned all about the different kinds of knots, sailors' knots and nooses' knots and double whammy rabbit ear knots and all sorts of knots, um, until you started to realise, well, hang on, this medium is a bit constrictive. Because when it comes down to it, String and rope are not the only things that can be knotted. You start to look down at your own limbs, and Pisces, you start to learn how to knot your body. To call it contortion artistry would be to to, to misrepresent your craft. You're a technician, Pisces, and it doesn't matter what kind of ligaments you've got to twist and what kind of Bones, you've got to crack, in order to get that perfect triple helix, upside reverse loop, super knot, between all two of your legs and both your arms at the same time. You will do whatever is necessary to take whatever knot you imagine, and and finally, you design in your head. For you are an artisan of the knot. You imagine in dreams, the perfect knot. You can see it, Pisces. Something entirely un, un untangleable This knot, once tied, will be impossible to untangle, and you know how to do it. It takes you years of preparation, stretches, drawings, drafts, chats with similarly fanatical not-fanciers until you finally figure out that yes, it is possible. You've done all the calculus required, and on one day, you go walk into the town square, and you twist your wrist down around under your knee, and you turn your foot locked back behind your neck, and you get your your elbow rammed right up behind your back in such a way that it all clicks into place, and you cannot move a muscle. And at first, it's pretty cool. They they, they call you the human pretzel, uh, and they and they toss salt at you, and it's kind of all you've ever wanted. It's all you've ever wanted, really. Um, some local news stations report on your predicament, or as you call it, your achievement, and, um, and, you know, people are nice enough to, you know, feed you and, and look after you, but, um, in the long term, you start to admit to yourself that, yeah, well, this, this self pretzelation, this auto pretzelation, uh, not, not good for health, as it turns out, um, someone brings you into, like, a, a sort of a a housing estate where where you're able to be kept out of the sun um uh, but uh there's not a lot you can do there so it starts to wear on your mind as well uh turns out your mental state might not have been entirely intact before this whole pretzelation maneuver took place but 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 anyway so you you start to realize that hey may, maybe you shouldn't have to yourself why did you spend so much time and skill and effort getting so good at putting yourself in a pretzel what couldn't wouldn't there have been better things to do healthier things less painful what why just because you wanted to be the best pretzel that's not a reason to be a pretzel it's better to be a decent person than an excellent pretzel Pisces, it's better to be a decent person, than an excellent pretzel. Alphaecus. So you know the story of Coco the Gorilla, Pisces. Coco the Gorilla was this, uh, uh, gorilla, who was taught a whole bunch of sign language. Uh, had a relationship with this trainer, a whole series of trainers who, over long years, got this gorilla to recognize and to communicate with a bunch of signs. Uh, The the gorilla famously once requested a kitten. Uh, But there is controversy among the scientific community. Was this gorilla really conducting intelligent conversation? Did this gorilla really understand the signs it was using, or was it simply repeating the signs that it saw? Was it just using the sign of a kitten in the context of a pet shop because the gorilla had associated the sign of a kitten with a pet shop, or with the sight of a kitten? Was there really an understanding of what words mean? Or was the the gorilla simply reacting to the environment around it and responding appropriately? The, the, the important question, of course, of Iacus being, uh, what's what, what's the difference? Uh, th- there was this guy called called Hammy Ham Ham, and Hammy Ham Ham was accused of being mad. But Hammy Ham Ham told his friends that, well, actually, I'm just pretending to be mad. I'm just, you know, pooping in the bird feed and, and, and singing Hail Mary... Um, and, and playing basketball with, with my face because I want people to think that I'm mad. And his friend said, well, you're doing such a good job that you've even convinced us that you're mad. And Hamlet said, well, no, I'm just acting mad. And they said, well, what's the difference? There's this thing in psychology about how when you raise children, they start out learning about morality and ethics as just, well, if I do a bad thing, I get a punishment. And that's why bad things are bad, because I get punished. But then later on, people learn the idea of, well, no, there's like a social contract, where everyone, like, agrees not to be bad, because that's to the benefit of everyone collectively. But uh, And then when you really become wise, there's there's meant to be this insight, where you realise that, well, no, actually doing bad things is bad, because of the harm that it causes, because of the impact on other people social contract aside, consequences aside, bad is bad, evil is evil. And then you actually are a moral agent is when you understand and that's why you do what you do. But the question of course is well what what what's the difference? And so the question of Ficus is is are you the person you claim to be? Do you understand what you are? Are you choosing what you're doing? Or are you just responding to the stimulus around you? Are you just acting according to some program, according to some rule, according to some signs that you were taught as a child? Are you just a gorilla, just reacting to what you're seeing and demanding kittens? Do you really know what a kitten is, Ophiuchus? Do you know why you want a kitten? Are you able to question whether you want a kitten, Ophiuchus? That's the question you should ask yourself in January 2019. Thank you for listening to the Random Article Podcast. Uh, We request that you make a special ritual today uh, by going to the Great Spirit iTunes and giving an offering of five five-pointed stars, of course being the most sacred kind of stars, uh, and thereby the, the sacred aura of the Random Article podcast will be extended to cover a, a slightly larger part of the cosmic tubes that interconnect the sponge of the great hive mind that we call Gaia, a.k.a. G Easy, aka Lil Blue. Thank you for listening, and we will horoscope you in the future. <clears throat>